Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening to the Breakfast Show with Lyle and Mon on 87.6, 87.8, and 88 FM. We're in our second half of our show, and we're going to be studying our Encounter with God Bible study. Now, as you know, this is the book of Acts that we're going through. We're going through it with 20 million other believers around the world who have all got a copy of the same study guide. You can also get a copy of the same study guide. It's actually very easy. Uh, you can actually just jump on our Facebook and have a look for it. We've put a link up to where you can purchase it. It's only $3.50 and, uh, and it has a, a wonderful Bible study. Each da- each page is a, a different day and it has a date at the top. And uh, yeah, you can go along with all the rest of us. We do it on the radio every morning. But before we dive into that, I'm going to give you another clue for our What Book Am I quiz. Mm-hmm. Well, you still haven't figured it out, have you? Uh, I've got it, yeah. Oh, you figured it out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Clue number three. I tell how Israel suffered three years of fat. Wait, have I done this one before? Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know. Clue number four. We're way further ahead than I thought we were. <laughs> In my 11th chapter, the story of David's sin with Bathsheba was found. Mm. Is found. Mm. David Bathsheba, chapter 11 go. of what book? Give us a call if you know the answer. The number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. Give us a call. We'll send you the prize. Oh, fantastic. And, of course, don't forget our uh, challenge of the day, which is the uh, George's birthday challenge. Is this only for people who's actually having a birthday today? Yeah, yeah, no, it's for the birthday. And, and George's birthday challenge works a little bit like this. We were talking to Georgia on the phone earlier, and she was talking about how that when she read in the Bible, how that Israelites would often bring a sacrifice um, on their birthday to thank God for mm. um, that extra year of life, that she decided that she would do a sacrifice on her, on her birthday, but not of an animal, of course, but something to uh, where she would actually give other people gifts on her birthday to thank God for her extra year of life, gifts that would be a blessing to them. That's a, that's a beautiful idea, but I think if we're going to have this challenge, we have to have it all year round so that everybody has an opportunity to do it. Oh, absolutely. But I just want to know, if it's your birthday today, here's the challenge for you. Give somebody a gift today that will benefit them and then um, then call us back. Yeah, and, let us know uh, how let, it went. Let us know how it went. Yeah, yeah. That, that was great, yeah. Or, or, or shoot us a uh, message on uh, Facebook or... Uh, or whatnot, um, give us a call, send us a text message. Our number, of course, is one three hundred one eight. Sorry, one eight hundred. What am I saying? Three two four eight four three, or text us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine, or just messages on Facebook. Can you imagine the person's face? You know, you're giving someone a gift, and you're like, "Here, this is for you," and they're like. What? Why? And you're like, because it's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of backwards, isn't it? <laughs> Very backwards. I mean, I would not complain. A P.S. If any of you are having a birthday and you need someone to be present, <laughs> so I'm right here. I'm right here. Come see me at the studio. <laughs> All right. So let's turn our Bibles to the book of Acts. And we're going to be talking today, as we promised yesterday, about the gift of tongues. What is this amazing gift all about? Mm. It's something we do hear quite a bit about in Christianity today, maybe not so much outside of Christianity, but we need to, need to determine exactly what is the gift. So if you could read for us, Mon, uh, Acts chapter 2 and verse 4, please. Do you reckon I have the gift of tongues, Lyle? Uh, nah, you were just born that way. <laughs> okay, 2 and verse 4. Which was your first language? Uh, German. Okay. Yep. Yeah. 
And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Okay, so the Holy Spirit comes upon them. The Holy Spirit does something miraculous mm-hmm. when it fills them. It fill, it gives them a gift. Yep. And the Bible says that they begin to speak with other languages as the Spirit enabled them to do so. So we need to find out what is this gift and what is it that is going on here. Now, in Christianity today, there are two different versions as to what this gift is. Uh, there is the one version that says that this was a gift where they actually spoke in different languages for the purpose of sharing the gospel with people who spoke languages other than the language that they spoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another version in Christianity, and there's those who would argue that they began to speak in an unknown language or a heavenly language. Okay. So a language that is not known on earth. Mm-hmm. And as they began to speak in this language, um, you know, this was that that this was then an ecstatic experience. Um, so it's an ecstatic language, um, a supernatural one, one that we often refer to theologically as glossolalia. Okay. Yeah, that's like the Greek theological I mean, term for it. Uh, my cynicism is saying, hang on a second, just because no one present could understand it doesn't mean that no one on the planet could understand it. What if they were like speaking, you know, some sort of Aboriginal dialect and over there in the Middle East they had no idea what that was? Yeah, sure, and that could well be the case. Um, And there are documented cases of that that have actually taken place where um, in a charismatic church people have been speaking in an ecstatic language and somebody's actually walked in Mm -hmm. and gone, wait a minute, that's my mother tongue. Oh, that's like Ethiopian that's my, yeah. or Greek. But it was or, a very obscure mm-hmm. language and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and no one had heard it before. Okay, there is no question that in both of these experiences, either speaking another known language for the purpose of presenting the gospel mm-hmm. or speaking an unknown language, both of these experiences are supernatural experiences. Mm-hmm. What we need to find out is which one is in the Bible. Yeah. And, of course, um, you know, Paul speaks about, you know, there's no point. Um, and in fact, it's actually wrong to speak in another language unless there's somebody there to interpret because you're just creating confusion. And yeah, what's making, the point? Making, right. You know, if we, all, if we all went, you know, I pastored a church in Sydney one time. I think there was 23 different languages that were spoken in wow. that church. Wow. Um, out of about 55 people. Mm-hmm. Um, this is This is Sydney for you. And uh, you know, if we'd have, if we'd had a, a, a church service one one Saturday and said, "Okay, everybody on this particular day, uh, we want you to come and we want you to worship, and we want you want we want you to worship in um, the the language other than English that you speak." Mm-hmm. And for most of them, this was their first language was other than English, and uh, that would just you know, and then and then a, a seeker would walk in or a, a non Christian would walk in, they would think these guys are nuts. Yeah. This is, this is ridiculous. Yeah, everyone making a big mayhem. Yeah, that's right. And so it's good for, you know, Paul says, it, uh, if you're going to do that, have an interpreter there. Uh, anyway, okay, so uh, we've got this whole situation where uh, this is a supernatural experience that is taking place and we need to find out what is it. Mm-hmm. What is the gift of tongues? This is the first time in the Bible that the gift of tongues is mentioned. And what you will typically find in the Bible when something new is introduced, that's your foundation. Everything that you study from this point forward must be based on this experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this is this is the foundation of it. And what you'll find is that there is no other kind or no other definition that you find anywhere in Scripture. 
Okay, so a known language or an unknown language. This is what we need to find out. And so let's go to Acts chapter 2. We just read verse 4 where they spoke in other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. Do you like that? Word, yes, good word. Utterance. Yeah, I like we it. Should, we should bring that back to the English language. That's um, that's old English right there. Why don't you read for us uh, verse five, please? At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. Okay, so why are they? hearing their different languages. Aren't these all Jews? Don't they all speak Jewish? Well, it says here they were Jews from every nation. Okay. Yeah. So why would there... Okay, a couple of questions. Why is there Jews from every nation there? And when they get there, why do they speak different languages? Well, I mean, the beginning of the chapter, it does say it's the day of Pentecost, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. like a ceremony yep, kind it's of a, it's festival. Yep, it's a big festival. Mm-hmm. That's right. So it must have been drawing a lot of people together. That's right. And... Uh, and I guess it's exactly the same as Jews now because Jews, you know, you can find them living in every country mm-hmm. and I'm sure they'd all speak different languages. Jews Absolutely. living in France would speak French. Jews living in Germany would speak German. Jews living in Ethiopia would speak Ethiopian. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you've got to take in place. In fact, if you go to Jerusalem today for Pentecost or Passover um, or any of these other big festivals, Yom Kippur, etc., you'll find that uh, Jews do travel in from all over the world and I have a number of Jewish friends and uh, my Jewish friends only speak English. That's the only language they know. Mm-hmm. And so if they had travelled there on this particular day and you know Peter and the other apostles who were preaching on this particular day had stood up to preach they wouldn't understand anything that was being said Mm. because they only speak English. The only way they're going to understand the gospel is if Peter and his, or one of the apostles preaches to them in English. Mm. And, And so this is where the, you know, it says they spoke other languages under the Holy Spirit and it continues on to say that there were lots of different language speakers there. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. And I'm sure that's exactly what the same thing you would find if you went to Jerusalem today and uh, you know, went to like the Wailing Wall or somewhere. I'm sure you'd find Jews who've been doing pilgrimages there and from all different countries on the planet and they all spoke different languages. I have been there. Yeah. I have been to the Wailing Wall mm-hmm. and that's exactly what you'll find. Yeah. Yep. And, and it's a fantastic thing, really. You know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's people um, are able to... Um, relate to their to their culture and to their nationality, um, and to travel to Jerusalem, and you find many different religions that go there. It's the meeting point of three great religions: Judaism, Christianity, and uh, Islam, of course. So, mm-hmm. um, while ever it can be done in peace, which of course it should be, it's just a fantastic experience. And if you ever get to be in Jerusalem, uh, go to the Wailing Wall at sundown on Friday. Oh, yeah? Oh, it's the greatest celebration ever. Really? What happens? Oh, everybody's singing and dancing and happy because oh. the Sabbath is coming in. It's just, uh, yeah. You've not done that? No, I have never been to Jerusalem. Oh, man. I know. Out of all of your travels and you haven't been there. It's I haven't touched the Middle East. Ah. Yeah, it's outrageous. Next next trip, the Middle East. The Middle East has the most 
hospitable people on the planet. That's what I keep hearing. Oh, it is. I've, it I mean, is. I've seen lots of docu- uh, travel documentaries in my favorite <laughs> genre. But yeah, people often say Middle East, they're just, they'll give their life to make sure that you're, you're comfortable. If you're their guest. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's, no, yeah. there's nothing like it anywhere else on the planet. It's just, uh, it's just remarkable. And that, of course, is across, that's just the Middle Eastern culture. That's across religions. You know, mm-hmm. religions aside, that's just Middle Eastern culture. It's just, it's a fantastic thing. Anyway, so what we notice here, first of all, the Bible introduces the gift of tongues. Mm-hmm. Then in the next verse, the Bible begins to give you context for the gift of tongues. And how, how it was used. Okay, so context in Scripture is critical. If you remove the context out of Scripture, you can teach anything you want. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, seriously, you can make up any kind of doctrine you want. So what we need to do is to take this chapter in its context to see what the Bible actually says rather than what we want the Bible to say. And this is why it's so important for us to do our own Bible study because other people will try and teach you Bible out of context. So you need to know the Bible for yourself. Absolutely. Okay, so we continue on from here. Verse 6. Verse 6 says, When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. Okay, so notice what the believers were doing. The believers, the Bible says were speaking their own languages. Mm. So this is not the gift of ears, this is the gift of languages, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So our context is this. They're given the gift of tongues. There are Jews who speak different languages from all over the world who are present for the Feast of Pentecost. And they are hearing the gospel being preached to them by the apostles in their own languages. That must have been quite exciting for them. Okay, so the context is indicating here that this is not an ecstatic gift. This is not a uh, or an ecstatic language. This is not a unknown language, but that this is actually a variety of spoken languages from around the world. Isn't mm. that so? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that I think the context is very clear. Let's just work through it one verse at a time. <clears throat> verse seven, please, Mon. Uh, verse seven and eight. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Okay, so once again, it confirms it. So verse 5 confirms it, verse 6 confirms it, verse 7 and 8 confirms it. This is not an unknown language that they spoke in. No, not at all. The the gift of tongues on the day of Pentecost was the gift of being able to speak other languages for the purpose of communicating the gospel. All right, would you like to read for us verse 9, 10, and 11? Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phagia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. Well, they've got 14 different languages listed right there that they were speaking on this particular day and probably a whole lot more than that. That's a lot of languages. Yeah. How would you like to have that kind of a gift, Mon, where God just gives you a, I'm just going to give you a language, you know? That'd be amazing. (laughs) Absolutely amazing. Which one would you pick? Uh, I'd probably do French. Okay. French, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. It would have to be, in my mind, it would have to be a romance language mm-hmm. because if you have a romance language, you can speak to so many different people. Yeah, you know, true. Italian, Spanish, uh, Portuguese, French, Romanian, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, these are. Um, I'd, I'd love something obscure like Gaelic, but then it's yes. limited amount. Like you 1100, can use it. 1100 yeah. people speaking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whereas French, I can, I can do that in a lot of places. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. No, but they, they, you can, you know, they, they obviously you can't speak to each other, you know, very fluently from those different countries, but you can at least figure out what other people are saying. And, mm. and, and that's a big chunk of the world right there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Those Romance languages cover a big chunk of the world that would be useful but yeah i i'd like i'd love to be able to speak um one of those um small indigenous languages from you know central australia oh that'd be amazing because hardly anyone speaks them and they sound so yeah. cool yeah and so many of them are being lost which is quite sad actually yeah, yeah. do you speak sad. anything other than english no no just english no, just, it's, no worries. it's an australian thing we never learn other languages yeah every everywhere else in the world you learn another language when you go to school but Unfortunately, here in this country, we don't. I think they're trying to change that, though. They are, and so mm. they should. Yeah, um, yeah. And we've definitely got to focus on Asian languages, which is um, going to be useful in the future. Mm, very much Just so. Just so thankful that I was born with English. Yeah. Travel anywhere in the world, anywhere in the world with that one. Anyway, so the Bible lists here all of the different languages that were spoken. So the context to me seems to be very, very clear that this is not a situation where God has given um, an ecstatic language, a unknown language, mm-hmm. a language that is only known to heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, God has given here a gift that is a language, that is multiple different languages that are known here on this earth for the purpose of communicating the gospel. Just a question for you. Have you ever heard anyone speaking in tongues? Like in the in the way they do it In the it unknown now? language? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Numbers yeah. of times. Yeah, oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Because it's just sort of like a babbling. I've been, I've been to charismatic churches mm-hmm. and, uh, and um, you know, worshipped with charismatic people on occasions. And, um, and yeah, this is a big part of their, their, their spiritual experience. I do remember one time I was with some friends visiting their church. Um, we had like a, a church weekend where there was three groups of us that were all friends and all of us from different, uh, three different religions. Mm-hmm. And so we decided one weekend we'd go to all our different churches on the same weekend. Oh, cool. uh, so Friday night, Sabbath morning for us and then Sunday for them. And on the Sunday one... Which uh, one was on Friday night? Um, I can't remember. It was like a youth groupy kind of thing. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Like a, a, it wasn't ours. Um, but yeah. And Maybe they were Muslims. I can't, I can't remember actually. I, I, the Sunday one is stuck in my mind because I remember st- we were doing the service, we were singing the songs and we were all standing there and then suddenly everyone breaks into this babbling and, um, you know, they have their hands up and they're just in their eyes closed and they're, and they're babbling. And I asked my friend about it afterwards because I, I remember being a little bit shocked because I'd never s- seen it done before. <clears throat> but I thought to myself, oh, this must be that whole speaking in tongues yeah, that they think they're doing. They wouldn't call it babbling, I don't think. Yeah, no, but yeah. And so I, I asked my friend afterwards about it, um, Tom. And he, he said to me, you know, it was kind of like a rite of passage. And at some point in your Christian experience, you're expected to come to church and do the speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. And that you kind of like, it's almost like you weren't baptized or something if you didn't do it. And he said he- It had, varies from one charismatic church yeah. to another. Some, some charismatic churches do uh, teach very clearly that you have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit until- um, you start speaking. He starts, yeah. Well, he told me, I asked him, you know, what does it mean? Like, you know, do you know what you're saying? How does it feel? And he was like, to be honest, I just fake it because I have no idea what's going on. And, he, and I thought that was kind of sad. Yeah, that is sad. That he felt like he had to keep up appearances by doing this when it doesn't mean anything to him. He doesn't really know what it is or what it does or anything like that. So 
if you're speaking in tongues and you know doing this tongues business there in a in a um, evangelical church, give us a call and tell us you know wh- how is it, what does it feel like, what is it you think you're saying? Like I'm very interested about. It. But give us a call. One eight hundred Faith FM is our number. Absolutely, we would love to hear from you. And of course, when it comes to the gift of tongues, here's an interesting one because I find that some charismatic churches, not all, mm-hmm. but some make a very very big emphasis on it. Yeah. Some make a very small emphasis, mm-hmm. and the ones that make a big emphasis concern me and this is why it concerns me when you look at the gifts of the holy spirit mm-hmm. the bible lift, lists a number of different gifts and the bible says that god gives severally as he will in other words god chooses which ones you receive the gift of tongues is the most minor out of all of them it's only mentioned in five places in the bible whereas the gift of prophecy is mentioned 530 times wow okay yeah so that's a uh, a big emphasis on prophecy uh, anyway, we're going to come back in just a moment. This is Sandra Enderman.
Welcome back. We were listening to Sandra Enderman with Faithful Men here on Faith FM. And, uh, yeah, it's been a while since we've had Sandra, Sandra on the radio, but uh, nice to have her back again. Mm. Okay, we were talking about the gift of tongues, and uh, the gift of tongues, of course, um, in modern society does result in some interesting experiences, particularly for you know Christians that don't uh, practice the unknown language. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a friend of mine um, was quite, Sus of the whole thing because, like, well, in the Bible, it's very, very clear they were given known languages, and the Bible even lists 14 different languages that they were actually given. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he was invited to a, a charismatic church with some of his friends, and, and various people were um, you know, standing up and speaking in tongues, and then somebody else would interpret, and then somebody else would speak, and somebody else would interpret, which, of course, is the biblical model. Mm-hmm. If someone's going to speak in a different language, the Bible says, have someone interpret. And so he was just sort of curious, and he's like, I want to get to the bottom of this. Mm-hmm. You know, is an honest questioner, and he was sitting there thinking, "Well, how can I find out what's going on here?" Mm-hmm. And so, um, in the next opportunity, he stood up, and you know, people were waiting for him to to share a message or something or other. And he just explained, "Look, I'm new. This is new for me as a Christian. I don't understand it, but uh, you know, this particular individual over here has just been speaking in tongues." Um, how many people have the gift of interpretation and are able to interpret this? And a number of people um, put up their hands. And so he's like, great. And he handed them all a piece of paper and a pen. Is can you please write down what this person just said? Mm-hmm. Which should have been identical, but yeah. they were all totally different from each other. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. That's there was a, no correlation whatsoever at all. It's a clever test, yeah. It was a very clever test, and I thought it was, um, you know, and you know, I'm not here to pass judgment on them or on anybody else. I'm just saying that, you know, maybe this is something that, uh, that could test the genuineness because the supernatural, the presence of the supernatural, is not evidence of the presence of God. That's right. Because the supernatural exists, you know, Satan is a supernatural being. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just because miracles are taking place and just because Jesus' name is being used does not mean that this is from God. In fact, if you go to Matthew chapter 7, and I know I've shared this passage a number of times, but it's a very critical passage actually because we need to bring everything back to the test of Scripture. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21, it says, Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father. And we read yesterday that the Holy Spirit is given to those that obey God and that obedience is defined in the Ten Commandments. Mm. And he do the will of my Father. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name done many wonderful works or supernatural uh, miracles? And then I'll profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Mm. And, you know, when we when we look at Christianity today, Christianity has earned itself a bad reputation from two fronts. You know, number one is probably the big one that's in the news at the moment. That's with, um, you know, all of your uh, child abuse scandals. Mm-hmm. But the other way, place that Christianity has earned itself a bad reputation is in your megachurches. Okay. Because, you know, the non-Christians is like, it's just a money-making scheme. It's just a scam. Yeah, yeah. It's the biggest scam that there is. You know, religion is the biggest industry that there is in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it contributes more to the economy than any other industry that is out there. And most of them that are involved in it are just scammers. Mm-hmm. And Jesus warned against this. 
He says, just because you see the supernatural taking place, just because you see miracles, just because you see people being healed, just because you see people speaking in tongues, all of this kind of thing, that's not evidence that God is with them. Not at all. Uh, you don't don't look to the supernatural because if you read the book of Revelation, uh, it is the supernatural over and over and over and over again that is used to deceive the whole world. Yeah, absolutely. You know, deceive them by the means of those miracles that he had power to do in the sight of the beast. Revelation 13, right there at the center of the book of Revelation, you'll find that theme right through Revelation, is that the supernatural is going to be a primary source of deception at the end of time. And therefore, it's really no evidence at all. This this hankering after signs and wonders is, yeah. yeah. That does not mean that God doesn't do supernatural things and mm. God doesn't do miracles. For instance, the gift of tongues. Do we still have the gift of tongues today? Yeah, absolutely. Of course we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I know a number of people who have traveled to countries where they have been called to preach the gospel and have not been able to speak in the language of that country uh, until they arrived there and they have just spoken. And mm-hmm. then, of course, when they have um, left that country, they have not been able to speak it anymore. Yeah. I've heard accounts of missionaries who turned up in villages and would speak in their... Well, in, they thought they were speaking. Yeah. They would speak in English, but the villagers would hear it in their mother tongue. Mm, yeah. Mm. They thought they were speaking English, but they weren't. Mm. And uh, even people who have come to Australia um, from other countries... And you know, and, and being able to speak English when they arrived, and mm-hmm. and so God still does this, and it's a, a very powerful thing, and something that I've often prayed for, but God hasn't really <laughs> called me to Not for you, speak Lyle, huh? to uh, <laughs> people of other languages. I've had a couple of opportunities, and they always seem to fall through. God seems to keep me in English-speaking uh, circles. Well, He's got a plan for you, either which way. So here's what you've got: mm-hmm. you've got a choice between two different gifts here. You've got a choice between the gift that God speaks about in Acts chapter 2 mm-hmm. um, or you've got a choice between what we've seen in the in, within Christianity only over the last uh, 120 years, maybe 140 at the most. Mm-hmm. So this is the, the, the glossolalia, the ecstatic language, is something that has only existed for the last um, 140 years. I wonder where it came from. Okay, so now, well, here's an interesting thing. Glossolalia, or the ecstatic language, is not just practiced by Christians. Did you know that? No. Oh, absolutely. It's practiced by um, by uh, a number of different people groups around the world that are involved in ancestor worship and um, animistic practices and these kinds of things. Um, it's not actually that uncommon. Okay. And, um, you know, people that will put themselves into a trance and, and then... Uh, break oh, out into glossolalia. Like, like, so sort of like a ranting, raving kind of thing? Well, it sounds very similar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Um, people who study language have never been actually able to identify a language, but it's the, same, it's the same kind of thing that is taking place. Not only that, within the context of Christianity, mm-hmm. there have been many, many people who have gone to a Christian church, had this experience spoken in tongues and have either been a non-believer or a believer in a different religion. Mm. So there is uh, plenty of examples of people who are Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists or atheists, you know, even journalists and reporters who've, who, who've gone along and, uh, um, you know, been prayed over, had this experience. They have never given their heart to God. Mm. Now, my question is, what is going on here? Yeah, Because the Bible tells us to be aware of deception and 
when you have people who have not given their hearts to God, is the Holy Spirit going to fill somebody? And is the Holy Spirit going to give somebody gifts when they haven't made a surrender to God, when they haven't given their life to God? You no. know, the Bible is very, very yeah. clear about this. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is given to those who believe and accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. It is not given to the unbelievers. That makes sense. And when it comes to the gift of a known language, there's no record anywhere of anybody being just supernaturally given an unknown, sorry, a known language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and particularly when I look at the context of it, is uh, you know something that um, um, you know was the, for the purpose of presenting the gospel. You never find the gift of tongues anywhere in the Bible being used for anything other than the presentation of the gospel. If you have an opinion about this, give us a call. Yeah, or send us a message. FM. Yeah, you can go on our Facebook, send we us an email. We would love to hear from you. Yeah, we'd love to hear about people who are uh, it's involved in speaking in tongues and uh, have an opinion about that. Send it in for question of the day. Absolutely. Indeed, call us now for question of the day and hit us with a hard one.
some promises back in the day But I've got a feeling I'm ready to leave it behind Oh, good to know there's so much to live for Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Jake Reese, Day to Feel Alive here on Faith FM, and we have come time for the question of the day. Have we? Has anyone taken the prize yet, Mon? No, we've got one last clue. Whoa, not often we get down to the last clue. It's a super easy clue as well. What book am I? I precede the book of First Kings. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, easy, easy. Give us um, a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM <laughs> um, um, is the number to call. That's a pretty easy one. Come on now. Okay, so what's our question of the day? Our question of the day, I think, is a born of a rant that I uh, did last oh, week on air. yes, that's uh, right. Yes, yeah, so I did a, a little segment about tattooing and, uh, and getting tattoos and how I think, um, you know, it's a, a little bit it, – it displays a lack of uh, – uh, um, hindsight and foresight and introspection of a person who gets a tattoo. And the question has come through. Um, There's lots of people out there with tattoos right lots now who of are like, uh, yeah. why could Mon say that? Yeah, might be a little bit offended by that. Um, but I was talking about that because I had donated blood and we discovered that there's, there's a shortage of blood um, and a lot of, I mean, some of the, one of the contributing factors is that people who have had tattoos, um, you know, in the last four months can't give blood. And because tattooing is so popular now, it's affecting our blood supply. Mm, so that's why mm. I was on a bit of a rant about it. But the question came through. And, and, and Mon, I should say that Mon did uh, did follow through with that by going and having Yes, a, donated my own negative. Blood letting, blood your own negative. Yeah. We have my blood letting. <laughs> o negative is in short supply. So if you, like me, are O negative, they call that stuff liquid gold at the moment. So please get yourself to a blood blank and donate. So the question that came through, Lyle, is tattooing a sin? Well, that's a really interesting question. To my knowledge, tattooing is only mentioned in one place in the Bible. Oh, okay. And it's mentioned in a in a, in a negative context. If you go to Leviticus chapter nineteen, uh, Leviticus chapter nineteen and verse, oh, where is it? Twenty eight, I think it is. Here we go. You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead nor print any marks upon you, I am the Lord. And, of course, modern translations just simply translate as don't make any tattoos on you for mm-hmm. uh, for the dead. So the Bible is very, very clear that uh, tattoos or marks in your flesh, um, at the very least, that are, that are involved in uh, superstition or um, promote a worldly philosophy are wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that, that's crystal clear. Uh, there are a couple of other thoughts that come to mind that are important principles that need to be taken into consideration. The first is that you were and you are the individual creation of God, Mm -hmm. created in his image. And Satan's set 
purpose is to destroy the image of God in you and he will do it any way that he can. Mm-hmm. And so if you are a perfect child of God, why would you want to try and improve on perfection? Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a question that goes through my mind. The Bible says that we are ambassadors for God. And, you know, I've got many friends who are like, well, yeah, well this is a Christian tattoo. I've put a, a cross or a uh, yeah. Bible verse or, you know, these kinds of things, you know, on myself. And, uh, but anyway, the, the, the question is this, you know, if you consider the temple of God was one of the most beautiful buildings ever built. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly the last one, Herod's temple, the one that Jesus worshipped in, the greatest of all the temples, it was described as looking like a white snow castle because of the white marble it was made out of. Now, how do you think that uh, God would have felt if you'd had gone graffitied the side of that temple? Yeah, not great. Mm -hmm. And, and, And this is really what a lot of people are doing with their bodies. The Bible says you are the temple of God, you are the ambassador for God. And uh, you know, they put graffiti on themselves. And so, yeah, I'm a little bit with you with your rant on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's something that, um, you know, I think that we should take very, very seriously and consider very, very seriously. And, of course, a lot of, a lot of Christians have tattoos and that's just the way it is. But, uh, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's not something that you would go into lightly. I think the Bible only speaks negatively about it. Amen. I sing the mighty power of God That makes the mountains rise That spread the flowing seas abroad And built the lofty skies I sing the wisdom that ordained The sun to rule the day The moon shines full at His command, and all the stars obey. I sing the goodness of the Lord that filled the earth with food. He formed the creatures with His word, and then pronounced them good. Lord, how thy wonders are displayed Where'er I turn my eye If I survey the ground I tread Or gaze upon the sky There's not a plant or flower below But makes thy glories known and clouds arise and tempests blow by order from thy throne. While all that borrows life from thee is ever in thy care. And everywhere that man can be, thou God art present there. Welcome back. That was Vocal Union icing the mighty power of God. And we've come to that part of the day when we give something away. So this is a little bit like, um, it's a little bit like, 
George's birthday challenge, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So we've been promoting George's birthday challenge all morning. So Georgia was a literature evangelist here on our interview section who on her birthday gives something away because in the Bible uh, she noted that the Israelites would have a sacrifice uh, sometimes on their birthday as a thankfulness for their year of life. And uh, she wanted to follow suit. Yeah, absolutely. and we would love to hear from you, dear listener. If you have also been following Sue and giving uh, gifts away on your birthday, give us a call and tell us all about the stories. One eight hundred Faith FM is the number to call. It's also the number to call to pick up the freebie today. So we do have a free giveaway. Get poised mm-hmm. to dial Get because we are about button. we are about to announce it. You cannot call. If you don't know what it is, because if you right. call up and say, yeah, I'm calling for the free gift. And we're like, oh, which one? And uh, uh, <laughs> the free gift. Like, no, that's not how it works. You've got to be the first caller through. You've got to be able to name what the free gift is. That's right. Because we um, we have the delayed broadcast that goes out every day as well. So sometimes, you know, we have people calling out for yesterday's free gift. So, oh, And by the way, if you're leaving a message, mm-hmm. don't forget to leave us your address. Yeah, yeah. Contact details are useful. Sometimes we get a message on our phone. Um, oh, my name is so-and-so and I've called for the free gift. Click. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we would love to give it to you. You were the first, first caller through. But Which we have no idea what your address is. <laughs> well, today's free giveaway is a beautiful book. It's one that I read uh, every year. It was one that was highlighted um, by the literature evangelist over the last two interviews. Yes, it's called Step Beyond and it is a book by E.G. White. It's also known as Peace Above the Storm. You remember they spoke yes, about Peace Above the Storm. Yes. That's the other, the other title for it. It's also called Steps, Steps to Christ. That's right. It's my famous title. Mm-hmm. I read this in the, uh, it's got 14 chapters and I read them uh, one a day f- uh, for the first two weeks of every year. It's my oh, tradition. Oh, fantastic. Yep. Yeah, so great I, little devotional book. Yeah, I start every year with this book. It's really great. Uh, in the back it says, in an age of turmoil, stress and unrest, where can we look for answers? Step beyond and discover a path that offers comfort, love and hope. It's a beautiful um, publication, actually, this edition in, in particular. It has a wonderful picture on the front of a, a field of, of uh, yellowing grass with a boardwalk through it and then a cloudy sky above it. It's really be- beautiful. Um, probably one of my favorite covers because there's multiple covers of this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but inside, you know, wonderful uh, contents uh, page, chapters like God's love for man, the sinner's need of Christ, repentance, confession, consecration, faith and acceptance. You know, all these kind of chapters, we, we really do need to go over them and, uh, and, and, and learn what they have to um, say. So this is a wonderful book. We'll give it to you completely for free. We'll even post it to you anywhere you like. Just give us a call now. Be the first person through on 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. I'll also put some pictures up on our socials so you can have a look at it if you like. Fantastic. Okay, so there you go. Call. Be the first caller through. 1-800-324-843-0491-064669 if you are texting. Um, and it's going up on Facebook now, uh, more or less, as we speak. And, uh, yeah, I've got a whole sermon series on this particular oh. uh, book right here. Yeah, it's Four-part a, series. So, it would uh, be great to do mm-hmm. to base sermons off of this book, yeah. Yeah, and, of course, if you'd like to know more about the Bible, don't forget, we love to connect people with the Bible. Uh, we can arrange Bible studies for you, either one-on-one, in small groups, um, by correspondence, online, any which way you want to study the Bible, we would love to arrange that for you. So don't forget us to give us a call, get in contact with us. We can even set you up with my Bible study series, which is called The Prophetic Code and goes into the prophecies of Scripture, Daniel and Revelation. Anyway, stay tuned. We've got more great programming coming up right now.
Thank you.